0: Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in 3, 2, 1. And it's my pleasure to finally welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, uh, my friend and colleague, Belle Walker, founder and lead consultant of Bellevue Consulting. Belle, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage.
1: Thank you so much. It is awesome to be here.
0: It's been a long time uh, that I've wanted to actually get you on the show and have a conversation. But first things first, Belle, I know you recently, um, recently had your first child. So congratulations. And how is Dax doing?
1: Thank you. He is pretty much the best baby of all time. Uh, he is a happy little kid. Um, we're just getting over COVID and he was managed to be pretty happy right through being sick. So we're feeling pretty lucky right now.
0: Awesome. Well, he has two great parents, so I'm not surprised at all. Hope I hope everyone's doing okay with COVID and recovering well from that.
1: Yeah, we are. We are on the mend and it is a better place to be.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So I've not had a guest uh on the show in this situation before who's just kind of coming back to work after maternity leave. What's it been like for you?
1: It's been great, to be honest. I uh, I loved axe. I loved having maternity leave and having that that time to really dive in with him, but it became very clear to me pretty early on that I also need that intellectual stimulation. I I need to have the time to really uh think about some of these bigger challenges and you know I I do this consulting work because it's what I'm passionate about. I need a little bit of that passion in my life so that I can then I uh, switch and bring my whole self back to to those family moments. So it it was pretty clear to me pretty quickly that I'm going to be a much better mom when I'm a working mom and so far that does feel true
0: that's an excellent point right there's that phrase an empty vessel cannot pour so if you're if you don't have anything left inside you it's it's very hard to help anybody else or nurture anybody else um so taking that time to recharge makes so much sense but and we are going to get to the consulting stuff and the great work you do for law firms in just a moment but um before we do that how have things changed for you now in your approach to your business you know before having Dax and now now that he is in the world with you
1: Yeah. So interestingly, my expectations and my attitude coming back are different than what I expected, which is probably the most cliche thing I could could possibly say. I thought going into maternity leave that I was going to come back and want to go sort of full pedal to the metal, building up a team, building up a larger organization of my own. And I actually spent my leave missing the heck out of my clients and really missing getting my hands dirty with these projects, doing the solving. And so my key takeaway from leave was uh, that I wanted to come back and, and keep doing this work myself for for the short term, or at least for the foreseeable future. So that's kind of ha- how things have changed. I, they actually are staying more the same. <laughs> <than
0: I expected. laughs> that's, that's so cool. Uh, because when we talk And when I talk to attorney entrepreneurs, it's all about building their perfect practice. For some people, that is scaling and having a bunch of people and building up this this really large law firm. And for others, they just want to be a solo and really enjoy their clients and have limited work hours and be super chill and have things run efficiently. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, So attorney entrepreneurs, if anyone's telling you, you need to grow, 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 I couldn't disagree with them. More and uh, and Bell, I'm I'm glad to hear that you came to that realization and that that is what you're pursuing.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's uh, I I it also feels like a for now, but that's that's the beauty. Life is always for now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, nothing's forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Step taxes. <laughs> so let's turn the page and talk a little bit about your consulting firm. And you've worked with a number of law firms. Um, your tagline is that you take organizations from friction to function. And we've spent a lot of time talking about what that means kind of in conversations, but um, would love to hear a quick story or an example of when you were working with a law firm, what was the situation that you came into? How did that, you know, what were the changes? So what was the situation when you left? And then we'll talk about the magic that happened in between.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I worked with a law firm actually fairly recently To dig deeper into their financial processes. And so, as most of your audience is probably aware, there's not a ton in law school that goes into the financial elements of running a law firm practice, how you handle the billing, the invoicing, all of that. And so, this was a a firm that had recently merged uh, two firms together, and they were trying to figure out what the best of both of the previous practices were, how to get everything billing smoothly moving forward. Uh, and they had a couple of people working on the billing who were very overwhelmed, uh, overloaded. And so the idea was to get to a place where they're basically administrative team, not even a finance team could be handling all of that uh, and have the time to do some other stuff as well.
0: Awesome. And what was uh, the result of uh, of your team's efforts there?
1: So we were able to document what was happening today. And even just in documenting it out, we were uh, found a couple of sort of key inefficiencies that we could eliminate right off the bat, um, duplicative efforts that were only even apparent. They had kind of crept in over time. They made a ton of sense when they were first brought into uh, to the practice, but no longer were adding value. And so we were able to knock those out right off the bat. And then we were also able to, uh, to take a step back and find a few more areas that the short version is we got where we wanted to be. Uh, (laughs) The team was operating a lot more effectively, had some time to do other things. um, And also we reduced the opportunities for human error.
0: Very cool. And now let's get to the magic in between. So what were some of the things that you and your team did to enact those changes?
1: So the the magic for me is all in the visualization. It's in taking the, the process that happens step by step and laying it out so that you can literally follow task by task, decision by decision from point A to point B and see just how many of those tasks and decisions you have to take to get where you're trying to go. Sometimes we have very complex processes that need to be complex. In those cases, having it all documented out just reduces the opportunity for error because everyone's looking at that same step-by-step guide. Sometimes the processes do not need to be nearly that complex, and writing it out gives us that chance to say, hey, why are we doing those four things when really we could just be doing this one?
0: Love it. And that's so much in alignment with things that we talk about when we work with our clients as well, which is the value of writing something out, of documenting something out, allows you to kind of step back and see it all on paper. And that immediately oftentimes triggers insights, reactions, ahas. What are some of the reactions you've gotten from clients when you've showed them a process that they were struggling with and you show them that visualization, what it looks like on paper for the first time?
1: Holy cow. (laughs) <laughs> this particular client, uh, my favorite moment was when we looked at their accounts receivable sub process, and they saw visually just how many different methods of payment this team was balancing. Intellectually, they knew that they had made a conscious choice to make it as easy as possible for their clients to pay them. And there, there are good reasons for doing that on the other hand they they hadn't really internalized the the consequences of that decision and the fact that so many different sources needed to be balanced and reconciled and accommodated on a daily basis so seeing it all stacked out it was just this oh my goodness moment
0: yeah yeah and i'm sure you get that a lot when you show people their you know these these process maps and these visualizations we don't talk about systems very often on the podcast because Well, it's a podcast. (laughs) There's only so much you can do audibly. Uh, This stuff really is much better geared towards laying it out visually. But one of the things that um, I want to bring up with you, you mentioned a really good point, which is when this company, when these two firms you're talking about did things, they did things right at the time, but things had changed. And so now they needed to make changes. And a lot of times when we're talking about law firms, these things happen all the time, and if you think about a solo who's first opening their doors and starting their practice, right? New attorney entrepreneurs will get that. They wear you have to wear a lot of different hats. You pretty much have to wear every hat. Um, you're the IT person. You're the accounting person. You're the marketing person. You're the attorney. You're, you know, you're the billing person. You it just goes on and on. Um, and as the firm grows, you have an opportunity. To shed some of the of those hats to move them to other people and other services. And Bell, I just wanted to ask you, you know, as you've seen, how much have you seen that where once you've done a visualization um, with a with a, a CEO or an attorney, they find out they're actually involved way too much in the process. And they need to really make some changes at a process level to free them up. Do you have a story about maybe how you've taken someone through that?
1: Yeah, that has, as I'm sure you were hinting towards, that happens on a very regular basis because the evolution of, of a firm from a solo practice to a more complex team, it can be very difficult to know when to take that step back and where to take that step back. So so one good example was looking at invoicing and when and how the partners were involved in reviewing the invoices that were going out to clients, that is something you generally want your partners doing (laughs) to have a look at it. But the way at least one of my clients was structuring their process, they had partners who bill at a pretty substantial rate, reviewing three separate rounds of invoices. And again, as these things do, the process evolved that way for reasons that originally made a lot of sense. But now when they looked that they had they really knew what they were looking for at each phase, it was fairly straightforward to restructure down to, to two rounds review where one was a full review and then one they only had to look at the changes that were made. And so that was just a huge time saving rather than doing a full review three times through.
0: Wow, that sounds like it saved the firm a ton of time.
1: Ton of time. And in lawyer speak, I imagine that was also a ton of dollars.
0: Yeah. And probably reduce the partner's frustrations too, because you don't have to look at the same thing three different times.
1: <laughs> reduce the partner's frustration and the admin team's frustration because they were having to prepare and track down and, and follow up on the partners for each of these rounds of, of review.
0: So there's a lot of, you know, small law firm owners or owners of small law firms, I should say, that are listening to this this podcast. And, And one of the things they might be asking themselves is, you know, when is the right time or when is the right size to be actually looking at our systems and making some changes, you know, first of all, documenting all of them, and then second of all, making some changes for efficiencies.
1: I would say it's never too soon, honestly, for that kind of, of conscious thought and planning, because even when you are the one wearing all the hats, uh, and even if you are a solo firm who has every intention of staying a solo firm, those are the people who are the most time constrained because they have to balance everything. So looking for those efficiencies, being able to be very conscious about how you are fulfilling these functions. That's something that resonates for me as a solopreneur as well, right? I am also trying to fulfill many different roles in my business. And some of them I have more experience and comfort with than others. And as you very well know, right, I reach out for support when I'm less familiar with something and try to get other people to tell me how can I do this part of my business more effect effectively and efficiently. So I, I think early and often is is the short answer to that question because there's almost always an opportunity for efficiency if you take a step back and really look for it.
0: And this there's a couple of different steps involved in your approach. One is actually documenting the existing process. The second step might be looking at it, you know, and analyzing it and figuring out what might need to change. And the third step is implementing those changes. A lot of attorneys can be challenged with all three of those steps. So let's just go back to the basics here. What are some signs that a law firm owner uh, could recognize that would say, Oh my gosh, I need to do this. And I need to do this, get, you know, kick this program off right away.
1: Uh, Anytime there's, there's a piece of your practice that you're dreading having to tackle uh, on a daily, monthly, annual basis, that's probably a really good opportunity to to look at why you hate it so much, um, because there's probably some inefficiency there. Whether the inefficiency is what's causing your frustration and pain, or your frustration and pain is preventing you from really engaging to look for those inefficiencies, I find those tend to be in much the same place. The other is when you're talking about bringing new people on board, that can be a really great time to create up-to-date documentation that those new people can engage with that you also then can be confident your existing team is actually using and following. It, it's So high growth periods are, are another really great moment.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. We have a lot of people listening to this podcast are in high growth mode. That's... One of the reasons why they're listening. And one of the sponsors of the podcast is Get Staffed Up. And what they do is they provide um, outsourced full-time assistance for law firms. They only work with law firms. They're created by lawyers for lawyers. So it works really well. And one of the things that's, I think dovetails very nicely with what you do is they will actually train a law firm on how to work with these remote, uh, you know, remote employees. These employees are not in the U.S., although they are time zone aligned. So it's pretty cool. You can get them at like half the cost of us. employee. The employee feels dynamite, the firm benefits and the client's benefit as well. So it's a real triple win. What's cool is that they spend a lot of time training the firm on how to work with these remote employees. And I just think that, man, if you're going to that phase, if you're starting you know, to think about talking to get staffed up or somebody else, boy, wouldn't it be great to have those processes and systems written out on paper so that they can look at them, view them, ask questions, and then dive in and start and start acting. I would just be, I think, a tremendous step forward for everybody.
1: I imagine it would really streamline a lot of those conversations. I've seen it streamline a lot of <laughs> conversations. <laughs>
0: It's awesome. So thank you, Bell. Appreciate that. And uh, if you're interested and you're listening, you want more information on Get Staffed Up, just go to getstaffedup.com. They're a sponsor. and uh, They do great work for their clients. But Bell, getting back to you know the systems work that you do. Okay, so now they've realized, oh my gosh, I'm trying to hire. I'm feeling overwhelmed. There's a part of this process that I don't like. I want to get going with this. What are some things that they can do either on their own to get started or some things that they can do as preparation for meeting with someone like yourself?
1: So I think that the first step in both cases, and this is going to sound really silly, but is just naming the process, naming the first step, and naming the last step. Because I find that just setting those boundaries in place brings a reality to the concept that is, is often missing at the beginning. And so being able to say, I want to find efficiencies in my invoicing process, which begins when a client requests or assigns an engagement agreement is a pretty typical first step and ends when the final invoice is paid. Now, I'll, I'll give you a hint. That's probably not actually your final step, um, but it's where most people go to at the beginning. Anyway, being able to just even lay it out that clearly so you know where you're coming from and where you're going to can really help clarify your own mentality about what that means. And even right there might spark some, uh, some ideas of, wait, how, do, how maybe I could get from step A to step X a lot faster.
0: Got it. Awesome. Now, you, you, you tease us with something there. So I want to bring it up. You said that part where they pay their final invoice might not be the last step. So tell us more.
1: So I've I've often seen the the client pays the final invoice, and then depending on the firm, there are uh, often some administrative details that still need to happen to really close out that invoice. It'll depend on your accounting system. It depends on how your particular practice is is structured, but it's very easy to to jump right to, oh, the money's in the bank account. Therefore, we're done. And if you've got the right automation in place, that may be true. But if you don't, there could be a little bit more bookkeeping that does need to happen before you get to really tie a bow on that invoicing process.
0: Absolutely. And you know, when you do this and you lay the stuff out on paper, you get some really good ideas of ways you can change the process and make it better. And let's just take this as a quick example. Uh, We'll just do the shout out to Bruce LaFetra because I know he listens to the podcast. So in the example you just mentioned, ending with those administrative details, you could actually add in a step to ask for referrals or ask for a recommendation or ask for their logo to be on your website. Um, there's a lot of things you or ask for a client review. What do we do well? What could we have done better? And when you put it into a process map like that, then it happens every single time. So. That all starts, though, by laying out your process. And just be open that now that you got it laid out, there's a lot of other cool stuff you can bring into that, things that you wish you wanted to do, that when you put it into your process will start to happen every single time. Super cool.
1: Yeah, I I will tell you, I I have never so far gone into the let's document your current process activity and really felt like what we documented was what was happening when we started. Because just shining that light of observation on each step, there is always at least one thing that is just so obviously palm to the forehead, like why or no, no, I can't write that down. We're never doing that again. <laughs> or, oh my goodness, we are missing something really crucial here. We need to add that in right now. It may sound silly, but there's there's always something that who the, the client is just not, not willing to write down as is immediate change required just from looking at it.
0: Absolutely. And, and just so you, so you attorneys know, it's a lot more powerful. You get these kind of insights when you see it pictorially, like with blocks and arrows, as opposed to you know a step-by-step list of instructions in words. I know a lot of attorneys love to think in words, but this is really something that gets unleashed when you start to visualize it in diagrams and pictures. And that's why it's great to have a trained expert like you know someone like Bell actually involved in the process. So Belle, as you look at Bellevue Consulting and you're getting back to it, um, what are some of the things you're really excited about for the next 12 to 18 months?
1: Uh, I'm really excited to, so this is to keep doing what I'm doing, uh, <laughs> to to work on more of these processes, more clients. I really enjoy seeing where the the similarities across my clients are and where the differences are because there's so many elements of you know, I recently wrote a, wrote an article called Businesses is Businesses, right? There, there's just these similarities that tie different organizations across industries, across size, across stage together. And yet every single one is its own special snowflake. There's something unique and different about all of them. And so finding those intersections, where are commonalities, what needs to be tweaked to really make this client the most efficient, most effective they can be uh, I, I'm just super pumped to get back to finding those points.
0: Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you back. Thank you again. Or I should say thank you <laughs> for the fantastic work you've done for our law firm success group clients. We really appreciate it and look forward to having you back and, and doing more work together. Um, if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. This has been a lot of fun. The best way to reach me is to just go to my website, uh, bellevueconsulting.com spelled out in the show notes. So uh, no guessing games there. And there is a contact me form. There's a book and appointment button. Um, pretty easy to get a hold of. So looking forward to that. Or LinkedIn is another great way to find me, um, Belle Walker on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Belle, for being on the show, everyone. That is Belle Walker, founder and lead consultant of Bellevue Consulting that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you, so connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress. We would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Alej Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.